This is Rosen Institute's Your Law Firm, covering management, marketing, finance, and new technologies for growing your law firm. Here's Lee Rosen. It's good to be with you today from Naples, Italy. We flew in from Tunisia. We landed in Rome yesterday and spent the day wandering around Rome before taking the high-speed train down here to Naples. We've only been here now for, I guess, 18 hours. We had our first pizza lunch. We planned to sample lots of different pizza places here in Naples. And so far, so good. The pizza is fantastic. We're settled in, and we're looking forward to a terrific time here in Naples. It's time for your tech tip. We all have lots of business expenses. It might be that we're taking someone out to lunch, or maybe we're filing something at the courthouse and have to pay a fee, or maybe we're simply dealing with the mileage that we're putting on our cars. We have lots of business expenses that need to be tracked and recorded so that we can make sure that they are properly accounted for from a tax standpoint and so that reimbursements are handled if that's the way that you have things set up in your firm. There are applications that make the tracking of these expenses immeasurably easier. I've used for many years a product called Expensify. Most recently, I've used a different product called Zoho Expense. I used Expensify when I was with the law firm, and we had an account that covered the entire team. When I started Rosen Institute, we didn't have very many employees, and so it wasn't necessary to set up an account with a company like Expensify because Zoho let us have up to three people on the team for free. So we've been using Zoho now for several years, and I will tell you, it's not quite as sophisticated or as fancy as Expensify, but it gets the job done, and the price is right since we can use it for free. These products like Expensify and Zoho Expense allow you to record your mileage automatically. They use the built-in GPS, but more significantly, they allow you to snap a picture of a receipt, and then they will automatically scan that image and figure out how much you spent and who you paid it to and get that expense all set up so that you can submit an expense report. I use Zoho Expense all the time. When I go into a mobile phone store and buy a SIM card, I snap a picture of the receipt. If I happen to go into a post office to ship something, again, I take a picture of the receipt. If I take someone to lunch, I snap a picture of the receipt. And the application takes care of everything. Once a month, I click a button that automatically submits my expense report. The bookkeeper reimburses me and we are good to go. These applications are simple and quick and easy and allow you to keep a record of your expenses when you're not using your law firm's credit card. Now, if you are using your firm's credit card, you can also take a picture of the receipt if you think you might need it, but you can click a button so that that expense, which is already charged to the firm, is not reimbursed to you. That way you don't end up with things getting mixed up in terms of reimbursable and non-reimbursable expenses. Products like Expensify and Zoho Expense make it easy for you and for your team members to track your expenses so that if you ever need that record for some sort of tax audit or analysis, you've got it in an easily accessible scanned format. That's your tech tip. And now for your moment of concise advice. The question that I get most commonly about traveling is whether I speak any foreign languages. Do I know any language other than English? 
And the answer is no. I speak only English. If I'm lucky, I can say hello, goodbye, and thank you in the local language of wherever I am. But I speak English, and I don't have any trouble at all. And I don't think you will have any trouble at all. And I will tell you that if you stay in tourist areas mostly, most of the folks there who are in the tourist industry are pretty likely to speak English. I don't spend all of my time in tourist areas. I'm often in places that don't get that many tourists or will stay in neighborhoods that don't have big hotels or don't have many tourists. And we do just fine as well. This language issue is not an issue that you need to worry about at all. I'll give you some specific ideas about particular situations and how you can deal with the language barriers. But I think you're going to find that language is just not that big a deal. If you're contemplating a trip to a foreign country, I would encourage you to just go. Don't worry about the language issues. But here's the thing that has become clear to me over time. We humans, we are all on the same team. We all want things to go smoothly. Everybody is interested in getting things done and making things happen. And most folks are very helpful. They want to help you get whatever it is that you need nearly all of the time. The language barrier, once you realize that we're all in this together, can be sort of fun and interesting. You make friends over the language barrier. You don't necessarily have a real conversation, but you can tell that there's there's a connection when someone helps you deal with overcoming that language barrier. People rise to the occasion. In fact, I have noticed that people really appreciate being asked for help. They enjoy jumping in and solving problems for you. They like being able to welcome you into their country, into their community, and use their skills to help you have a better time visiting their country. So let me just suggest to you right off the bat that because we're all on the same team, your bias ought to be toward trust. It's tempting when we're in uncomfortable, unusual circumstances to be a little suspicious, to worry that somebody is going to take advantage of us in some way. I suggest to you that you push that feeling back, that you keep it out of your mind, that you go with trust. Yes, trusting people might once in a while bite you, but 99 times out of 100, trusting people while you're traveling is going to make for a better trip. So I encourage you to trust people. Now, some specifics. One obstacle that you run into when you're traveling and you don't speak the local language is transportation. Getting in a taxi and telling the driver where to go, that can be a big challenge. But today, with Uber and the other companies like Uber, Bolt and Kareem and Grab, all of these companies that are just like Uber, you can simply take the app, put in the address of where you're going, and the problem is mostly solved. The driver doesn't need words. They know where to take you. You hop into the car and the next thing you know, you're dropped off wherever it is that you wanted to go. The problem is mostly solved, but in some places you might have to take a taxi. So I encourage you to keep a business card for the hotel with you. If you're staying in an Airbnb, get a business card for a business that is located near the apartment that you're using. Keep that business card 
card with you, and off you go in the taxi. Another thing that comes up are appliances, especially if you're using an Airbnb. The washing machine, the oven in the kitchen, they can be a big challenge if you don't speak the local language because the words on the machine will be in the local language. You can use Google Translate. It has a camera feature. You point your camera at those words and it will instantly translate it for you and then you'll know how to use the machine. If that doesn't solve the problem for you, then YouTube is your friend. You can often find a video explaining the appliance. Simply type in the make and model number of the appliance and the video will walk you through what each of the words mean on the machine. You know, most of the conversations that we have as we're traveling, they are about commerce. They're about eating in restaurants or buying beverages on the street. So remember, we're all in this together and the seller really wants you to be successful at buying from them. They're going to help you through this process with or without words. The job will get done so that they get to sell what it is that they're selling. You know, it's interesting. If you think about your restaurant experiences at home where you do speak English, you can very often go through the entire restaurant experience in silence, simply with gestures. In fact, you probably do it all the time. You walk into the restaurant, the host person looks at you and wants to know how many people you have. You hold up two fingers or four fingers. They gesture you to a table. If you don't have a menu, you make that menu gesture with your hands unfolding like a book. They bring you the menu. The wait person walks over to the table after you've looked at the menu and they say uh, something like, may I take your order? And whether you're hearing that in English or in some other language, it doesn't matter because they're asking you the question and you know that's what they're asking you because that's what they always ask you in a restaurant. And you simply point to the items on the menu and then after you eat, you make the gesture for the bill. It's all done without words. Now, whether you're in a country where you speak the language or not, if at the end of the meal you stand up and you have that desperate look glancing around the room, everybody knows you're looking for the toilet and they're going to point you in that direction. The English is unnecessary in a restaurant, whether you're in an English-speaking country or not, because everybody is going through the same process, the same procedures and systems and rituals in a restaurant. We all get it. The same is true in every country that you visit. Everybody understands what you're doing. You can make it all happen with gestures and looks. Now, if things really get desperate, try Google Translate. It works really well. Or if you really find yourself in a bind, ask the person you're talking to to call an English-speaking friend on their mobile phone. I've done that a number of times. They put their friend on the line. I speak to the friend. The friend translates and explains things back over the phone. Problem solved. There's always a way to get through these circumstances. And the fact is that the more obstacles you bump into, the funnier this gets, the more of a bond is built between you and the other person. And the next thing you know, you've made a friend and you've got an entertaining story that you can tell. So not speaking the local language in many ways makes the trip more fun. Now, finally, on the lack of the local language, don't create deadlines if you can avoid it. 
it. You want to, on a trip, under schedule. You don't want to lock yourself in. You don't want to buy tickets to too many things in advance where you have to be somewhere at a particular time. You want to give yourself lots of time so that you aren't under pressure to be somewhere at a particular moment in time. When you have no time pressure, when you can sort of do what you want to do and get there when you want to get there, well, the lack of English becomes a trivial matter that is fun to resolve. It's the deadlines that cause the stress. It's not the lack of the foreign language. The deadlines are what create tension. So when you're planning a trip, I encourage you to plan fewer activities and fewer destinations and stay in one place a little longer and do a little less. Under planning reduces your stress. It makes things more fun and it gives you the opportunity to get better at understanding and mastering the way things are done in the place that you are visiting. Speaking only English is fine. You can travel the world and have a great time. You won't have any trouble at all. That's your moment of concise advice. Wrapping up from Naples, Italy, thanks for spending a few minutes with me today. I hope you have a great weekend and an even better week next week. Keep plugging away, moving forward, getting things done. You're on the right track. You'll get there, I promise. We're all in this together, and together we build better practices through better marketing, better management, and better technology. Until next time, I'm Lee Rosen. Thanks for listening to Your Law Firm. Visit rosensrules.com for our free course on the 10 critical rules all successful law firms follow.